0: My name is Owen Walsh, and you're listening to the latest episode of Cabin Fever. Less a podcast than a group therapy session for writers, brewers, and friends from around the world who like to enjoy a beer together, but can't for now. There's a lot going on in the world right now, and under normal circumstances, we'd get together in the pub and thrash out our ideas over a beer or two. But we can't, because most of us now live in countries where it's impossible to go outside, never mind nip around the corner for a drink. So we thought we'd do it remotely. And on each episode of Cabin Fever, I'll be joined by friends from around the world to share a beer, to talk through our lives and to process what we're dealing with, and sometimes just have a bit of a moan. Listen in. So I'm delighted to be joined in Brussels tonight by Pete Brown, award-winning author of Hops and Glory, Miracle Brew, and most recently, Pie Fidelity. Hi, Pete. Hi, how's it going? Um, by Joe Stanger, Managing Editor of US Beer Magazine Craft Beer and Brewing and co-author of The Good Beer Guide, Belgium. Hi, Joe. Hey, guys. And Peter Kim, originally from Korea but now living in Leuven and managing the events and communications for Belgian Lambic and Curious Blendery and Hype Monster, Booker. Hi, Pete. Hi, everyone. As usually at the beginning of the episode, we're just going to do around the table to see how everybody's doing. Um, Peter, do you want to kick off? How are you doing and what are you drinking?
1: Yeah, uh, I'm doing okay. Um, A little bit bored, and most of the time, I'm (laughs) currently drinking uh, Brussels Beer Project Delta IPA.
0: Pete, how about you? You're the first person on the show so far who's actually been
2: in either quarantine or self isolation. How's it going for you? It's not going bad. Um, It's been like a really awesome prison. I uh, have meals delivered to my (laughs) study door three times a day. well, I managed to get a beer fridge in here. Uh, so I'm actually reluctant to, to leave and rejoin the real world. <laughs> and what are you drinking? And I'm, and I'm drinking a, uh, slipstream by Salopian brewery.
0: And finally, Joe, how are you doing? I, you must feel that it's been a good decision to move away from urban Berlin and all the way out to Missouri by now.
3: Yeah, it's true. I think it's fairly lucky. Actually, we're, we're out here on a farm, uh, where social distancing is relatively easy. We have a lot of space and, um, We've got all the, you know, lots of room for beer and lots of meat and whiskey stocked up. So we're, we're good to hole up here for a while.
0: Sounds, sounds awful. And what are you drinking?
3: Uh, I'm drinking a homebrew, actually. Thought it would be fun. It's a a double saison that's uh, inspired by, but not nearly as good as the one from uh, Brasserie de la Seine.
0: Myself, um, I'm doing okay. I managed to buy eggs and make soup today. And in ordinary times, that wouldn't have been something remarkable, but such as the weirdness of Brussels in the last two weeks, that eggs have been extremely short on the ground. I think that's going to be a running theme. Um, And I am drinking uh, Papi van der Pils from Brasserie on Stummelings, which is a local brewery about five minutes from my house. And Joe, am I right in thinking that that is a brewery at which you once met the King of the Belgians?
3: I was in his uh, his, uh, majestic presence. I didn't get to, you know, press the flesh with him or tell him all about my... uh, Many efforts to promote Belgian tourism in a roundabout way, but um, uh, I what the requirement was because I wasn't supposed to be there. The requirement was I had to pretend to be um, part of the staff of the brewery. Uh, mm-hmm. They even gave me they gave me a T-shirt and everything. So uh, from a journalist standpoint, already this is very unethical and misrepresenting myself, and then also take pictures, um, which I was happy to do as a favor to them for. The favor of allowing me to hang out there and see the king whiz by on his little tour that was a fun day it was pretty cool how are those guys doing Owen as I, I know um, I mean doing... the breweries are having a hard time right now and those are
0: the Brusselsbury's have been a bit slow to get off the ground and coming up with creative alternatives to on-premise sales what so what they've been doing is um on slumlings this week they launched a bike courier service so you could buy a crate of their beer for 60 euros they're working with a local courier company and then i think is it five euros of that go towards the local hospital uh, here in brussels and by all accounts they've the door they've been going like gangbusters uh, anytime i see them on social media they're just uh, putting up a photo of another truck which has been filled up with crates of beer so i think they're doing as best as they can but it's been quite difficult for everybody here i think as it That's has terrific. been i think probably for for most cities and I mean, we said that you've moved back stateside now. How is that going for you?
3: Uh, I think a lot of people. So I've been surprised actually how many people out here. We're about an hour outside of St. Louis. Um, and there's definitely some people who uh, don't want to believe what's happening. But for the most part, uh, people have been going along with the program. Um, you know, the restaurants and bars and everything are shut down, takeout only, like in a lot of places. Um, we're we're not quite at statewide stay-at-home orders. Uh, we have yeah. last I last I checked, as of wow. yesterday, we had 200, 255 cases in the state, and we stayed about six million people. Um, mm-hmm. So we still have a, we still have a lot of people who think it's you know like another flu, um, but I think that in the in the weeks couple next couple of weeks, the reality is going to hit home for people. Is eventually, everyone's going to know somebody you know, who's been infected or hospitalized, and that's going to change, uh, that's going to change things.
0: And has this given you, you said you're drinking one of your own home brews this evening, has it given you uh, more time to do that? Or are you on a at on dad duty right now?
3: <laughs> yeah, we're, we have a house full of telecommuters, including the two kids. So um, uh, oh, oh, right. uh, yeah, and, and my, uh, my wife, Kelly is here too. Uh, normally, she's based in DC, but we got lucky in a weird way when she was visiting here when, you know, basically people stopped traveling and didn't want to go to airports anymore. So she is, you know, work able to work from here for now, which is uh, wonderful. And uh, so uh, that's, that's been good. And uh, for, I, I don't know, it's, it's been really nice to be back in the States. I mean, you, you know, me like I traveling is what I want to do all the time. And I get itchy if I'm home for more than a week uh so not able to do that right now but like i said this there's a lot worse places to be holed up than here and i'm very busy with the magazine so that's definitely keeping me busy anyway and and i was telecommuting even before all of this so that's that's no big deal for me so i'm i'm lucky in a lot of ways here this doesn't really affect me that much other than screaming at my kids to do their schoolwork a couple times a day
0: Pete, uh, I know you've been stuck indoors for the best part of two weeks, but you don't seem to be wasting your time away on Netflix or whatever. You seem to be, if I'm following you on social media, right in the middle of doing some research for a new book.
2: Uh, I've done the research and I'm starting to write it. Uh, Okay. It's, uh, I decided to, I decided I I needed some structure. And uh, this is a book which my publishers are not interested in, Um, but I wanted to write it anyway. So, what i've decided is i'm going to try and write it over the next few months and launch it as an ebook uh, and cool. as an audio and and just get it out there uh, just do yeah. it myself uh, so it's really liberating uh, writing for for myself um, you know not not just writing for for the expectations of a publisher or, or an editor yeah. and, uh, uh, it's it's great fun
0: must have been a long time since you've had the opportunity to do that
2: yeah yeah i mean um, once you know you you do kind of as a as a serial author you do end up getting into a place where um you're having to kind of consider the commerciality of a book idea um i mean you can't just write i I think if if i wrote an if i wrote a book idea that my heart wasn't in it i think people would be able to tell Um, and maybe we would be able to tell um sooner than anyone and it and it just wouldn't happen but as well as a book that you feel passionate about you need you need the genuine passion in order to to go through the process but you know you have to think about is this going to sell who's going to buy it how is it going to get distributed and so to write a book without having to worry about any of that is is quite a liberation
0: it must be can you give us an insight into what it is or is that a state secret
2: uh i I think so i've been talking about it uh, quite openly um I've, I've been i've been posting photos on social media of my I, I tend to plan books on on my study wall with post-its and yeah. i've been making, i've been making sure to, to to take it just far enough away that when people when people are expanding the photographs that they can't quite <laughs> read <what the> post it
0: <laughs> yeah i was i was on my phone and i was like can i just pinch in a little bit to see and it was like no no resolution's too low
2: yeah that that's that was deliberate uh so <laughs> but the basic idea is i mean you j- just Stop me when you realise why my public is not interested. Um, <laughs> but I I bought a book about just over a year ago uh, about craft in its in its broadest sense. Um, and okay. It talks about uh, uh, the the origin of the, the the notion of craft going back to Alfred the Great. And um, off the back of that, I started doing a couple of talks about the the meaning of craft beer and how and how it's we've got it completely twisted. Uh, and I, I started. I've done this talk three times now, uh, which the rough title was something like um, "Why Craft Beer is Completely Indefinable, Absolutely Useless, and Completely Essential." Um, yeah. So, so I kind of what the book is. is it, I've gone on a bit of a a craft journey and started reading a lot of stuff about the Arts and Crafts movement in the nineteenth century, and it, and it's all about the notion of craft in terms of how it uh, impacts the maker. Uh, cause, okay. Because craft really. The the whole point of any kind of craft is the dignity of work and the satisfaction of the person doing it and and an attempt to put meaning into your life. And after spending a few months reading all this stuff and then sort of saying, okay, can I apply these lessons now back to the beer market? You you see craft beer in a completely different context, in a completely different light. Um, So it's quite a a spiky, uh, controversial (laughs) book. Uh, But I'm hoping that... uh, People who people have maybe tired of the endless debates around the definition of craft beer. I'm I'm hoping it either puts a stop to it or redefines it really.
0: And has being stuck indoors, uh, surrounded by four or five walls, has that been something that's been fruitful? Because I know myself that often when I find myself stuck <laughs> in a situation, yeah, I can go one way or the other. I can be hyper productive or I can just basically just let myself go into stupor.
2: I have good days and bad days um, that tend to alternate. Um, i have very productive days and then i have days that i just waste sitting here at my desk playing strategy games on my <laughs> on my lap. uh so i'm trying to uh, it requires a bit of discipline really uh which which comes and goes yeah
3: Actually, i was i was really curious um with about about peace writing right now because um late, lately i've been occupied by writing about the coronavirus and its impact on the brewing industry so Already we're we're already a little bit too plugged into the news everyone right now. And then and then I'm end up spending my time when I'd rather be writing about, you know, lovely beer, uh, still writing about the damn virus. So uh, but I'm curious my what I really would like to be doing right now is writing meaningless articles about brewing hazy milkshake IPAs and things. <laughs> um, but I'm wondering if, if for for Pete is it hard to focus on things that are not vir- virus related at the moment <laughs> because everyone's just like, what's, you know, what are the latest numbers? What are the latest things we have to do? And so on.
2: I know. And, and also you kind of think, well, what's it going to be like after it's all over? Are we going to be bothered about the same things anymore and things like that? Um, I, I'm, I'm being quite self-aware about everything. And um, I realized that I have to, the, the, the most important thing is to ration my social media and mm. new grazing um i saw i saw a great phrase he last week uh, called doom scrolling which i think <laughs> just sums it up perfectly uh, from one medium to another and one platform to another just as you say looking for all those details and so i just forced myself to to switch off from it and uh and then i find book writing a very immersive experience once you've got the whole thing in your head um there's very little room for anything else to intrude really so it's uh when it, when I get on my roll, it's really good. But uh, the bad days are the days when I, when I start doom scrolling and uh, and get completely preoccupied by it.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have to say as well. You know, I'm sitting on a couple of interviews and a couple of articles about breweries who, let's say, in two or three months' time, when all this shuts down, are they even going to be around anymore? So yeah. never mind. Never mind. Will people want to read about them? Is there any going to be anything to read about? You know, in a few, in, in a few months' time.
2: Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's pretty tough. I mean. You know, when you're kind of uh, self-employed or freelance, we're hit pretty hard. And then you look at the hospitality industry, and that's it pretty hard. And yeah. you think, okay, I'm freelance in the hospitality industry. Uh, things are pretty damn bleak. And uh, you know, it's here. It's like you know, the big the big companies are going to be absolutely fine. Um, uh, they're getting help. And it's it's the it's the craft brewers. It's the small brewers. And the tap rooms and and places like that where there's just simply no no safety net. So it's uh, it is a very uh, a, a very sobering time, really. Mm-hmm.
0: Jesus, this is a this is a great um, uplifting conversation, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. we we'll get we'll get to the good stuff. We'll get to the enjoyable, annoying stuff in a little while. Um, Joe, how how is how is the feeling there where you are at in terms of how serious this is? Just from a general point of view, and like. How people are trying to, you know, contorting themselves and accommodating themselves to a new reality.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's um, definitely we have um, people living in in at least two different realities right now in our country. So to see things over the past couple of weeks so briefly converge as if we all recognize the same problem for once, um, that was kind of a weird relief for me personally. Uh, I've got, you know, close family members who are uh, big supporters of the, our current president and um, devoted watchers of Fox News. And it's, uh, I, it's for me, I don't understand uh, how anyone could even see the world that way. So, and then seeing, you know, for example, a poll I saw earlier today was something like 90% of Republicans trust president trump more than they trust the cdc or the media about virus Jeez. information i mean this is this is a cult that we're dealing with and um and they're running the country at the moment so then how do you um deal with a crisis like this when the leader of this cult changes his mind from day to day uh and says things that are obviously unplanned and coming off the top of his not incredibly informed head um so i i it's, you know, I couldn't think of a worse possible time for this to be (laughs) happening to the country. But um, it's, uh, you know, on the other hand, you know, everyone, for the most part, seems to be pretty much on the same page. There's different levels of wishful thinking about um, what's going to happen and how soon we can come out of the social distancing and things. Um, And it's amazing how fast to me the right can build a whole ideology around wishful thinking, fire up the propaganda machine and start constructing arguments to support the wishful thinking, you know, it's, just see climate change. If you want to you know know what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah. And uh, I, and I, I, but so far, I mean, everyone gets it. People are staying home. Um, there are a few crazies out there, but, um, and occasionally they turn out to be the Lieutenant governor of Texas. Uh, but for the most. <laughs> yes. <laughs> For the most part, people are people are staying home and taking it seriously and, and are scared. And, we, you know, like my, my kids keep saying they're, you know, they're they're scared. I'm like, yeah, we are, too. It's OK to be scared right now. We're all like we don't know what's going to happen. So.
0: Yeah, we um, I mean, so I have a four and a six year old now and they've gotten it into their heads that every evening before they go to bed, they want to watch uh, the kids news. So Pete, that would be the equivalent of news round back in the UK, but yeah. for, for for Flemish kids and it's i mean without fail up until about 2 weeks
2: ago every single night there was a story on coronavirus i i think um i think the thing here it's it, it is easy to go one of two ways because uh i think this virus is is bringing out the best and the worst of humanity in, in equal measure uh, so i i just read a story about uh doctors and nurses being mugged for their id badges so people can get free food that's intended for them but then on the other hand if you if you try to focus on some of the best a bit. I think the uh, the response from a lot of people has just been absolutely staggering. Um, I, I love how the pub and bar industry is uh, evolving on a daily basis. Um, we've got several brewers now who, you know, a lot of people are focused on home delivery and uh, up to, up to their web games and things a bit, but they a few brews have kind of done a, a pub in a box or a tap room in in a box so you get the beers you get some tasty snacks you get a glass and you get a pub quiz and then there's people doing pub quizzes online uh at scheduled times and stuff and yeah you know, i think we're social we're social people and yeah. the, on, when you when you focus on the good stuff uh the way we're evolving new social systems uh this being a great example is is quite inspiring
3: we had my my buddies back in uh Berlin, we have a regular monthly Stammtisch. And uh, we were able to do the Stammtisch on video conference via Zoom. And that was good fun. We had a high turnout, especially because we had people from three different countries who were able to, to jump in and participate. And it was, it's, it's nice to be able to keep in touch that way.
0: I think Peter is there now. Peter, calling Peter. Peter, come in, Peter. What I, what I wanted to ask you, I mean, you're an events manager for a brewery. Um, the last time we spoke and then the first time that we met, you had just come back from Copenhagen. And I read this morning that obviously that the Mikkeler Beer Celebration biggest festival in Copenhagen is cancelled now. How, does, how, is that, how is that for you?
1: Um, they're both blown. So, um, every other festival has been cancelled. So, for example, Parne Valley in Amsterdam was cancelled. Um, Quintessen in Brussels has been cancelled as well, and NBCC is now postponed till October, I think. So, um, yeah, the Great British Beer Festival
2: was cancelled today.
1: Yeah, it's not the best for like my job at the moment, but I'm also helping out in the production. I'm currently overseeing buying machinery for um, the fruit season as well as uh, bottling and labeling something, um, yeah, more than what we already have. And a lot of times I'll get other emails about festivals and you know blah blah blah. But yeah, so far it's been very quiet. But we're hoping that the situation gets better soon, so we can all go back to having you know festivals and drinks with our friends. Because I mean the reason why. I'm doing what I'm doing is because I love meeting people. Um, I love seeing my friends at beer festivals that I usually don't get to see. Would you guys,
0: would you guys, in in sort of trying to fill that gap, have you thought of any ideas that you could do with uh, Raf and Booker to sort
1: of replicate that online? We haven't yet. We're um, hoping to launch a website soon, but so far, um, nothing has been set in stone yet. We've been Mostly just busy with production at the moment. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I mean, such are the things, such are the the rhythms of Belgian brewing that it takes a pandemic of global proportions to force a brewery to build a website, you know?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, it's been our plan for a while. I'm only messing
0: with you. Didn't have this much time. Um, This is, um, I mean, we've gotten through all the really depressing stuff. Um, so this is the kind of opportunity for people to sound off on the, the weird stuff that they've yes. noticed as society begins to, society as we know it at mm-hmm. least, begins to deform and change and, and fall apart. Um, one thing I will complain about myself as the, the prerogative of the host, So I've never had drier hands than I do now. And I can understand now why people don't necessarily wash their hands every 20 minutes because my God, <laughs> it just,
2: I just, just cracks everywhere, you know? I think when this is all over, we're all going to be uh, germaphobes. Um, I, th- I think you know you, you haven't really thought about any of this stuff before, and uh, and you're right now. I I just see every surface as a as a sort of germ petri dish. Really, uh, it's going to take a while for that to wear off. <laughs> you are you are that mother in the Dettol advert who's wiping exactly. the,
0: wiping I'm the toilet seat the on the kitchen.
2: Uh, it, it, on my bathroom visits, I have to go and. Uh, Go in with a, a bottle of disinfectant and some towel roll, and <laughs> wipe down every single thing that I touch. And and I have to wear a mask in case I cough. So it's uh, it's going to take some, but it's amazing how quickly you adjust. Have you noticed how, if you're watching in a, a film or a TV program and people hug or shake hands, you're going, no, no, don't.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody remarked upon that this evening watching some 90s Flemish cop dramas. Like, there's no social distancing, they're too close together. <laughs> What about you, Joe? Anything kind of strange that's uh, that you've remarked upon either just that you've seen come across on social media or just in your day to day life?
3: You know, i I like getting takeout. Um, so I <laughs> or take a, take away, I think as we call it over there. Uh, I, um, <laughs> I, it's fine for me. I, I, I and I do wonder I hope people i I'm, I'm personally very excited about getting back into bars and pubs and restaurants after uh, this is over, and uh, hopefully sooner rather than later. But um, I do wonder if people are going to be a little more reluctant to go back into crowded places and, and restaurants and things. And, and I do think that we're all going to be more more germaphobes than we were before. There's going to be some interesting cultural changes. I think, that, I think telecommuting is going to be a lot more common because there's a lot of companies that um, were real slow or dragging their feet on having policies and allowing people to do it. And, and now everyone's having to do it. And so that's going to be all sorted out. And I think a lot of people get to realize actually people can be very productive at home uh, if they have to be. So I wouldn't I, go that
0: I, far necess- necessarily. Not my <laughs> experience of the last two weeks.
3: Well, one thing I think is funny. I, I know somebody who won't buy beer right now unless it's packaged in cardboard. Okay. So th- I guess the thinking is that it was put into the cardboard by a machine, and so nobody has touched it. So uh, unlike you know if you're b- picking up. a case case of cans or something from a brewery, then you don't know how many people have touched it or if they sanitize it or whatever. You got to sanitize when you get home, spray with Lysol or whatever. But if you're buying it in a 12 pack or a case or something, it's already packed. Probably nobody touched it. And at least here in the St. Louis area, there's been a a nice positive response of people lining up to drive through and get their beer and bring it home and stock up. I did this on Saturday. We've got way more beer than... We can drink in the next two months in the on the farm now. So,
0: yeah, I have to say I've I haven't had as much beer in the house I think ever mm-hmm. than I have this weekend because the so Thursday last week or two weeks ago the Flemish government Thursday night they said everything is closing down midday the next day. So obviously um, we had a weekend away in in Wallonia that weekend. So I needed to stock up beer for that, but I also cognizant of not possibly being able to buy beer again. Did around the houses, bought way too many crates, and now my wife is looking at me, going, "There's not enough room to do the laundry in the basement, because of all of your beer." Can you do something about that, please?
3: Nobody's nobody's got <laughs> toilet paper, but we're not gonna run out of beer. <laughs>
2: well, um, I, I was doing some work with. Uh, I've been hanging out a little bit with Roosters Brewing in Harrogate, and uh, the guy the guy Tom who runs that was telling me last week that on Wednesday, uh, last week they didn't they didn't. Uh, ship a single case of beer they didn't put one single delivery on a van or anything yeah and they, they launched one of these uh, virtual tap rooms gave that a bit of publicity they asked me to do some uh beer and music matching for the beers that are in the in the case so today i've just finished writing my plague list uh of, uh, <laughs> ooh, uh, <laughs> of songs um Wait. so th- things like uh Wait. you know pairing Pairing a lager with um, uh, Mud Honey, touch me, I'm sick, and uh, a session IPA with joy, joy Division's Isolation and things like that. Um, and the case, the, the, their cases run out. They're they're selling they're selling so fast, they're struggling to get the secondary packaging to put the case together. Yeah. Uh, so they've just with a little bit of creativity and invention, they've completely turned their situation around.
0: I was going to ask Pete how on the nose your soundtrack was going to be, but I think you answered that comfortably for me and <laughs> all of <the> <laughs> Uh, Peter, I know you, I, I, um, I've seen that you've been doing a lot of cooking lately. How long do you think it is before you just get fed up of um home cooking and start ordering in off Deliveroo? Do you have Deliveroo in Leuven?
1: Oh my God. Yes, we do have Deliveroo in Leuven. Um, I don't know. I've been just cooking at home a lot because going to grocery mm. shopping is like the only chance I get to see other people. I have a really small fridge because I live alone. So I was like, oh, I'll go grocery shopping every like two or three days just to have some like. Human interaction, even though I'm wearing a mask, I think yeah, I usually wear a mask when I go to grocery stores, and it's <laughs> it's okay so far. Like I like cooking a lot, but at the same time, like for example, I like baking, but I can't find flour anywhere. For yeah, it's it's crazy. Like I think people think that they can you know just suddenly become a professional baker when the pandemic hit and I'm just trying to bake something to, you know, not be bored. Um I think probably uh, his
0: technique. Yeah, you are, but you're, you're coming in and out. So we might as well wrap up. Um, anything else? Anybody wants to get off their chest before we finish up?
2: My favorite thing that I've seen here, uh, which kind of sums up the trade we all love and cherish so much is uh as of yesterday, uh, you know, a lot of things in the British pub industry, uh, the, the, the key messages that we all need to pull together to get through these difficult times. And as of yesterday, there are three separate survival campaigns uh, of how we all need to pull together. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's how it should be.
2: Exactly. Um, I would love this industry.
0: All right, uh, it's been great to talk to you guys. Uh, here's the chance for you to plug anything that you have ongoing at the moment or anything that you've got coming up soon.
3: Uh, yeah, I don't, check out uh, Craft Beer and Brewing magazine or our Brewing Industry Guide if, you're, uh, if you work in the industry. Um, I'm really proud of that magazine. Um, we're doing a great job, I think, working really hard. And so far, the, uh, the downturn hasn't affected us yet, but we may see that happen as uh, advertisers start to have a hard time. We'll see how that goes. Um, and uh, hey, working on some corrections for reprints of the Good Beer Guide to Belgium, that'll be uh, like a re- slightly corrected reprint version out in the summer, not, a, not another edition, but hopefully that will come in a couple of years
0: And some of that should still be valid after the apocalypse, shouldn't it?
3: Oh, we'll see, I hope so man
2: <laughs> <laughs> What about you, Pete? Yeah, so I'm very excited, I've got the <clears throat> well, excited and slightly perturbed by the timing, but I've got the paperback edition of pie Fidelity coming out uh, next month. Um, the cover is the best cover I've ever had for a book. I'm so excited just to, to see. I got my first copies last week. So that's going to be available from the 23rd of April. And then if I stick to my plan and I don't spend too much of the next few weeks uh, playing Warhammer Total War, uh, then my, uh, my my craft book should be out on ebook and audiobook uh, sometime in June.
0: Great. We'll make sure to look out for it. Uh, unfortunately, Peter's internet couldn't survive the conversation, um, but I'm sure if he was here he would be promoting Bucca, bucca or whatever they're called nowadays. You can find well, Actually, you can never find their lambics or anywhere, so if you do see them, try them, drink them. They're the rarest of rare species in, in Belgium. All right, guys, it's been nice to talk to you uh, across the Atlantic and Pete over on the other side of the channel. Uh, stay safe, take care of yourselves. Uh, good luck coming out of quarantine. I hope you have a exiting quarantine party on Friday, Pete. Uh, And for the rest, I'm I'm sure we'll talk soon. Thanks
2: Thanks for doing this, Owen. It's a great idea.
0: And that's it for today's episode of Cabin Fever. Many thanks to our guests and to all you listeners out there. If you enjoyed today's show, do make sure to subscribe and we'd really appreciate it if you'd give us a review on whatever podcast platform you're using. Until the next time.